I'm Sammy. And I'm Mandy. And you're listening to Ice Scream Sunday or whatever day it is. (laughs) (laughs) We publish this. Um, A podcast where we talk about uh, horror movies. Well, really, we talk about whatever we want under the guise of horror movies. That's really what it is. Yeah. Uh, And we're back. We're back from a a brief hiatus. because one of us decided to have a baby. I know. Last time we spoke, I had like a fetus inside of me. And now she is an almost four-month-old baby child. Wow. Almost. I can't believe almost four months. That's. I know. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm so tired. <laughs> well, we'll make this, you know, as painless as possible. But also, this is like your social time. So, you know, yes. if you want to stretch it longer, you let me know. Or if you want to just pretend like this recording took longer, but really you're taking a nap, we can do that too. Yes, I might. <laughs> Except my husband just got his second poke today. So like his arms in agony and he's like, how long does this take? And I'm like, about an hour. I'm like, are you going to be okay? Maybe. <laughs> Oh, no, (laughs) baby. I I was kind of a I was kind of a wimp after my first shot. I'm not gonna lie, because it Uh hurt really bad. I my second poke is coming on. I've got to look at the calendar April 19th. That'll be Uh my second poke, which I'm excited about. Um, But after the first one, we had like a I had like an online retreat I had to go to the next day. And I just like had my arm off camera and I was like lifting it up and down, <laughs> just trying to like, like loosen it up, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm not looking, I'm not, I'm looking forward to the second one because I just want to get it and get it done. But yeah. I'm also not looking forward to, yeah, like potentially feeling like crap. So try Tylenol uh, and Gatorade. Tylenol and Gatorade. Yeah, I drank a lot of water and just tried to move it. And the nurse we had, who, who gave us our first shot had suggested that we do it in our dominant arm and not oh. our non-dominant. So really? because we, yeah, because we move it more often. And so oh. they said, oh, like, well, if you move it more often, then it's kind of getting that blood flowing and it shouldn't be as sore. And I, because I always think, oh, well, if it's going to hurt, I want it in my non-dominant hand. And they mm-hmm. were like, no, do it opposite. And I said, all right. Well, stick I wonder me. <laughs> if mine didn't hurt for long because my left arm is stronger because Stephanie puts all of her weight on my left arm when I'm carrying her. Yeah, maybe. So maybe it was more muscly. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so um, today we're going to be starting a new theme. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the theme is what, like angry, scary, sexy lady? Angry, scary, sexy ladies. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> for those of you who have watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, there's an episode that was probably one of my favorite episodes of the whole series where mm-hmm. she does like the angry, scary, sexy lady thing. And um, without giving too much spoilers about that particular episode, we'll probably save that for the next episode. So mm-hmm. Um, and we'll save it for kind of the end. So if you, for some reason, haven't watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, you don't want to listen to that part, you can kind of avoid that part. But uh, the one thing that I don't think is spoilery, if you're going to listen to these next two episodes, are she um, 
she references or like the episode references a lot of fatal attraction and swim fan. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, let's do some podcast episodes about fatal attraction and swim fan. Yes. Uh, so today we're talking about fatal attraction since that's kind of, I mean, I'm sure that there are other originals of this type of story, but I feel like this is kind of like this birthed so many other movies and stories like it. Yes. It it feels like the root to me or one of the roots. It did. Yeah. And um, I feel like the director and Glenn Close had two very different ideas about where this character was going to go. Did you get that? Like, (laughs) That's an interesting theory. I could see that. I didn't really think about that, but I could see that. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Now, you hadn't seen Fatal Attraction, right? I had not seen it. It was my first time. so And I think yeah. that was good um, seeing it through, I guess, more of a progressive lens than I would have if had I watched it in high school, I guess yeah. I'm trying to say. So. And I think the first time I watched it was in high school. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so it was like a very different experience because I, I think I watched it like once in high school and then, you know, maybe a couple of times in like, you know, early adulthood. And then mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've watched it for maybe five or six years. And yeah. then watching it again this year, it's like, yeah, it's like you progressively get more and more uncomfortable for different reasons as time goes on and you watch this movie. (laughs) And um, that's, I mean, that's what I liked about, you know, the crazy ex-girlfriend episode about it. Cause I I think it referenced it well and, and called back to a while. Like I said, we'll have, you'll have to tune in to the next episode for that. Oh, teasers. Uh, But yeah, I, I was trying to find some other online commentary about fatal attraction, particularly with like a medical research type of uh-huh. a background. And I found a couple of things, but nothing that really necessarily hit it exactly where I wanted, but someone, but this is interesting. This is kind of, unre- it's kind of related, kind of unrelated, but someone had said that in their like online, like nursing school, they were asked to write a paper about like personality disorders using fatal attraction as like a resource. And I was like, whoa, because like I did that stuff for journalism school. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like I was a media student and I wrote a paper about you've got mail and you know, and, but uh, that's really different than this. Like, <laughs> like I, it was appropriate in my context to write about you've got mail and the way it portrayed the internet, you know, right before kind of the new millennium. Uh-huh. But uh, if I was like a psychology student, I would feel very bummed out and very worried if they were like, Hey, use fatal attraction for like any kind of legitimate, anything that's mm. so Anyway, so I thought that that was interesting. And they were just kind of talking about like diploma mills and how they do stuff like this. And um, so that's like the one piece that I found, which wasn't necessarily related, but was very interesting to me. Um, So do we want to just kind of go through like the, I I know that you have a lot of notes. You've got a lot of handwritten notes and you sent me some of them. They're very uh, fun, (laughs) like lots of emphasis. 
Yeah, um, I think I th- I think my notes. I I feel like I've made it very clear that I hate uh, the main character in this movie. Yeah, Meaning Michael Douglas's da- character, Dan. Yes, that- yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. <sighs> Were they trying to sell him? As the protagonist, like, I don't know. He's just such a useless bag of shit. Like, he's just, I mean, oh my gosh. Um, There's, okay, this is how I feel about Dan. He's just like, there's that book that came out that I've been wanting to read. What's it called? Hold on. I'm going to find it really quick. Uh, The uh, Mediocre. Uh, Uh There's a book. Uh, it's called Mediocre, uh, The Dangerous Legacy of White Male America. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's Dan. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's yeah. Just like, yeah, it's like, oh, this is, this is like most of the successful advertising agency people I used to work with. They were just mm-hmm. like mediocre white men. Yeah. Who somehow like failed their way to the top. And I, think, I can't hustle my way to the middle, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think um, Dan walked so Don Draper could run. Though Don Draper would never get himself into this kind of situation. Well, he's he a real straight shooter. Of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he'd just be like, go take her somewhere. Um, yeah. I'm going to, or I'm going to go invent a completely new life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wouldn't be the first time. So, and if that's a spoiler to you, what are you doing? Go watch mm-hmm. Mad Men. What is your problem? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's mean. I don't mean that. But really, you should have watched it by now. Because yeah. uh, it's weird to watch it after it happened. It's one of those shows, I think. Um, so, all right. Let's talk, so <laughs> let's talk about the beginning of this. Um, you really, the family is very sweet. They set it up to be like, you know, watch this get ruined later. And yeah. their kid is so cute. Like, yeah, so adorable with a unicorn and all that stuff. Ellen, right? Yeah. And her little yeah. Dorothy Hamill, Hamill, whatever yes. haircut. And that was the little girl from Christmas vacation. No way. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. So she's like adorable, like playing with the lipstick, you know, the parents are getting ready to go out on the town and babysitter comes and it like, it really reminds me of, yeah, like when I was growing up and my parents in like the 90s would go out like it felt like that. I very much felt that I was like, oh, they're gonna go bowling. Um, So that's what my parents. So they get to this business party and it's like flashy in uh this type of movie way. Wait, what year was this movie? 80 what? Hold on. I have the, I have the wiki page just in case we get caught in a pinch. 87. Um, 87. Okay. So yeah. yeah. So 87, it's very much a 1987 work party. Oh yeah. They go to yeah. the, yeah. It's in the, the, the aesthetic is casual racism. Yeah, that was one of my favorite notes of yours. I was hoping <laughs> you were going to share that. <laughs> um, yeah, so they they have like, this is also, yeah, this is like one of those, there's no, I mean, they've tried to do movies like this now. I mean, there's other, 
like Swim Fan obviously was a lot newer, but then there's been other movies too. And like, cause wasn't Jennifer Lopez in a movie that was kind of like this too. And oh, there was, that was where she like had a young, uh, she's like had an affair with a younger man. And he like kind of was the Alex in this situation. Yeah. Right. I, that mm-hmm. sounds, that sounds right. Um, so there's, so there's other movies kind of, you know, like this. Um, but anyway, so that's one thing I just wanted to to put out there. But but like, yeah, there's certain elements in this that you're like, yeah, they could never, they would never do this now. Or if they did, there would like be such a big backlash, like cancel this entire movie. And that's good. I'm not saying that's bad. Yeah. I'm just putting it out there. I don't think that this should happen in a movie. Yeah, like, no. I think that it should not run. Um, but it was like an exercise manual, but it had like a samurai angle to it. So then yeah. it was just like, Oh, let's, yeah, like, let's dress up as this culture at, you know, and have like themed food and yeah, yeah, weird mannerisms and stuff. And I was like, cool, cringing right away. Yeah. And and like make fun of the server, the Japanese servers. Yeah. It was really strange, Um, but not altogether shocking. Um, But yeah. So yeah, I wrote dopey side kick and really weird stereotypes right up front. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. And then there's that guy who's like the perpetual buddy in every movie who's in this. Um, mm-hmm. What's his name? I don't remember. Character after he was, that guy. Yeah. He was in Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> which is the one I remember him from the most, which is probably not awesome like that's probably super dorky but uh that's the movie i watched the most i don't know i'm trying to he's been in a lot of infomercials too oh he was in like a series of it stuart pankin that's okay. his name yeah sorry uh this is important to me <laughs> for some reason um but he yeah he was in a lot of apparently he was also in arachnophobia and Congo. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see. And yeah, I'm looking into his, um, his self things just to see if some of his, um, infomercials are on here. I swear to God, he was in some infomercials. He also did Hollywood squares and like pyramid show and super password and all that stuff. He kind of, he kind of made the rounds for that, for that junk. And he also, oh yeah, that's it. Walk fit platinum orthotics. If anyone remembers the WalkFit Platinum Orthotics uh, infomercials, oh my God, there was just like a time, this was like 2007. Okay. There was like a time where I was just up late a lot watching, uh, you know, infomercials and he would come on and talk about how these foot chew inserts really changed his life. and. Uh, Oh my god! I just found the video for it, so that's what I'll be watching later. <laughs> you should link the video um, to this okay. in the web. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I think people I will. will people will be very curious to see. Because I'm imagining Skechers, so I just need to see what this actually looks like. They're just like shoe inserts. They're like oh, Doctor okay. Scholl's. Like they're All just right. inserts that go into your shoes. But they're okay, I was but just imagining. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're imagining way more. But it's like, uh, this was, I want to say that this was the same commercial where they would like push, they would like push on somebody and be like, look, you can't even push them over because they're so well balanced in their shoes. Okay. And and they'd be like, look, I'm not falling over, uh, you know, but and then they'd get out of them and you could just push them over with nothing. And they'd be like, I'm so unbalanced, you know. So anyway, uh, that's that's a thing that lives in my brain that okay. probably pushed out, you know, some important traffic rule at some point. So that's yes. safe for everyone. Um, so he meets. Uh, so Dan meets Alex at the bar and he apologizes for his friend. We find out that Dan is a lawyer and that Alex is in publishing. Yes. And that's she why has they're like at the a very party. fabulous, fulfilling career. Yeah, totally. She's super successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and he leaves and she's like giving him the eye as he's leaving. Like, oh, what a hottie patati. And then uh, they come home from the party. It's like kind of normal stuff. Uh, he greets the dog. Uh, the kid is in bed for tonight. Um, something about Ellen not being allowed to chew gum. And and then Dan, in like the next scene, is alone in the house with the dog. I think Quincy is the name of the dog. Yeah. He's alone. Is this after um, his wife and his child leave because they're like checking out a house by her parents, right? Yeah. They're going to go see grandma and stuff. And so he leaves mm-hmm. and then, or they leave. And then he's just like, I'll, you know, like, I, I'm sure there was some like, I won't burn the house down type of dad yeah. humor. And then we go to his work and they have, um, they're having like a meeting, lawyer meeting, and they're eating uh, bagels and trunks. And he's, yeah, he's a monster just based off how he's eating that bagel. (laughs) Just like, and and it's like he's tearing chunks off of the bagel and then he's dipping it in the cream cheese. Like who that, do you know people who do that? Like that just feels like I've had a really strong, like a visceral reaction to how he was eating that bagel. That's like a that is also a memory I have from the early 90s from like Big Apple Bagel days, like okay. going to my parents or to my mom's school and her teacher's lounge. I'll have to ask my mom to corroborate this. But I feel like at my mom's school in her teacher's lounge, they would have like the bagels like cut up in chunks and like put in in like this big box or whatever so that people could like take you know oh well I want to try a few different flavors so I don't know if it was like a time thing or or not or or if that was also strange do you know what I mean yeah but I had this I I went back to like that memory because I it was either in a space like that or it was like in church where like oh well we're sharing we're it's it's like a place where you're not having like a full meal but you're gonna uh-huh. snack and have nibbles and bagels were really popular because it was before Atkins and like you could still go to one potato two in the mall and like that's what it reminds me. Okay. I got really sad when Atkins took all my favorite carbs away. <laughs> Can you tell? Yeah, and then you had that nasty like, bread, and my mom's like, "This bread is just as good, but it's Atkins," and like it was complete ass. Yeah, it's not good. Okay, let me 
There are so few joys in life. Let me eat a baked potato and a big old bready bagel in peace and just leave me alone. Like that's rude. So, so yeah, I, but even with the chunky bagel eating, it did. Yeah. I was just like, I don't know. Why are you eating that much when you're in a meeting? Like a woman couldn't get away with that. They'd be like, are you distracted? Are you? Oh, oh, you must be hungry. They'd like comment on it. So whatever. Screw him. Uh, So they go out for like coffee or whatever after. And it takes. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. They had a meeting, but Alex didn't come in right away. She came in after. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, and like they were, they were talking about like, about a story based in truth. And uh-huh. so I think this part's kind of important. The The author had said that she had affairs with a ton of politicians and they were like, well, what are they, are they going to sue? And they're like, well, if it's true, like then they can't, you know, like if it's true, they can't do anything. Yeah. Um, and there's like a little like cute moment with cream cheese on the nose and that, that all happened in there. And then, then they walk out of there and then they make a made in Taiwan joke about umbrellas that annoyed me. And then <laughs> he threw his out because it was like not working. And then they grabbed a drink together. And and she had she, we find out that Alex had a date and she stood up her date to hang out with him at the bar. Yeah. And then he's like, so my wife is gone. And they're like, well, dinner isn't a crime. And I'm like, well, not yet. And it, uh, it took yeah. him less than five minutes to just dis- to make this decision. Yeah, that's yeah. Yep. It's just it wasn't like, oh, like it was a long simmering thing. Let me put it this way. In no way is this ever OK. I, it's never OK. It sucks. You suck if you do it. You're the worst if you do it. I have no patience, no tolerance for affairs whatsoever. Like if you're feeling that way, get out of your relationship. Don't be garbage. Yeah. Um, it's just so I have a hard time like enjoying movies like this to begin yeah. with because I just think it sucks. Um, and yeah, it was just like he couldn't wait for his wife to get out of town so that he could have sex with some rando, and that rando happened to be Alex. And this leads me to believe that this was not his first trip to the rodeo. I agree. I I don't think it was either because it was so easy. It's not like he was like, oh, I'm so conflicted. I don't think I should be doing this. He was just like, well, I want to get in a quick buck and, you know, and then when the weekend's over. It was as natural as breathing to him. Yeah, that's such a good point. Like it's, yep. Yeah. It it really is gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have nothing else to say except I hated it so much. Um, and then, so they have sex and then they go salsa dancing, right? Yeah. Oh, also before that, she said, let's turn this water into something fun. And then, and they're like doing stuff in the kitchen. And uh, uh, that just didn't seem comfortable. But anyway, that's just It did my not thought. seem like a comfortable sex scene. Um. Glenn Close looked very sexy in it, but it just didn't seem like a comfortable sex scene at all. No, it was, I was like, no, thanks. Um, But yeah, so then, so they do, they do sexy things and then they go to salsa dancing and she takes him back to her place or no, she, wait, what? Yeah. 
yeah. she goes, they go back to her place and she goes, have you ever done it in an elevator? <laughs> and, uh, and I said, just no respect for personal space. Just fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah. And he gets a bluey in the elevator. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, as someone comes past and, uh, yeah, so they're, they're just like having a weekend, I guess. And then he finally comes home to his little neglectorino dog. And poor and dog. I know. I was like, the dog didn't do anything to deserve this treatment. Rude. And he comes home to, there's like some answering machine messages and stuff. And his wife's going to be up for one more day. And, you know, she has no idea that he's trash. Mm-hmm. Um. I was trying to figure out there was like a diploma on the wall that I couldn't place. But anyway, that's just a little note that I was like, what's, what's that on the wall? Um, it's probably just a lawyer diploma, but I was like trying to, it looked unusual to me and I was trying to figure it out. Um, let's see. And then the phone rings again. It's Alex. He's surprised she has his number because he never gave her his number. So that's kind of weird. Um, but he does get a hold of his wife, right? And finds out that Ellen, their daughter, wants a bunny. And, um, yeah. And uh, this, this filled with me, me with dread because I hadn't seen this film. Yeah. But because of um, the VH1 series, I love the um, 80s, I knew about the bunny. Yeah, like, it's a kind of, like, common... Uh, you know, um, phrase, I guess, for lack of a better term, like bunny boiler is something that I feel like a a lot of people, uh, unfortunately know about. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so this is when we first find out that Ellen wants a bunny and, and it's like, Dan is trying to kind of get back to his normal groove. Like, all right, I did the stuff and it was fun. And now back to work, yep. back to being a husband. And just um, like all the other 5,000 times I've done this. Yeah. Uh, and Alex tries to convince him to come over for lunch and to work. And then, um, and he's kind of like, well, I just want to work. And she's like, well, you work here and you have to eat, right? I'll make you food. And he's like, oh, okay. And they go running with the the dog. And yes. while they do it, Dan pretends to be passed out. And Alex gets mad at him. And she reveals that her dad died of a heart attack. And he's like, oh, that's a dick move. And then she said that she was kidding. Mm-hmm. So everyone's a dick. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and um, they they go back to, you know, the apartment and they start talking about Madame Butterfly. Mm-hmm. And that was, I it's been a little while since I watched it. So my notes are a, are a little confusing to me. But I wrote that Dan revealed his fear about Al- or about Alex killing herself. Um, and, uh, right? Is that right? That I don't wrong. remember that. I just said I he don't. revealed his fear about her killing herself. That's that's as specific as my notes got. All right. Uh, moving on. But but there's but it was weird because they were like talking about the they were talking about the the opera uh-huh. and 
the, it wouldn't have been a weird conversation except the close cameras and ominous music made it yes <laughs> an off, awful conversation and uh i also made a note about how much parmesan he put on his pasta that upset me more than the bagel honestly <laughs> and they bring up madam butterfly a lot and there's like a lot of parallels um between the opera and fatal attraction obviously and um once we get to the end i'll tell you that there was actually an alternate ending that like more closely paralleled the ending of madam butterfly oh but yeah but we'll wait a oh. second once we I, get to yeah yeah i didn't know that um cool so uh <laughs> cool and oh so then so they like bang one more time or whatever and then she calls him out for leaving right after uh-huh. and and she rips his shirt um and he's like hey be reasonable and it's kind of like the first ugly interaction they have mm-hmm. and um she's like you know she's kind of like hey say goodbye to me nicely you know don't just leave like that and then we find out that she like slit her wrists yes and and so when she comes towards him he can see see it and then he like it starts rinsing and like wrapping her up and stuff and you know he ends up staying the night to like make sure that she's okay yes um and this is when he should have uh fessed up and said this is what's happening this is what i got myself into we got to get alex help and that's yep that's where that's how things should have gone yes <laughs> movie over <laughs> 20 and minute movie credits. it's over <laughs> yeah so and that but that didn't happen unfortunately um the one thing that this part made me think of is like i spent a lot of time this last summer reading about attachment styles mm-hmm. and um because i have like an anxious preoccupied attachment style <laughs> Yes. So I'm like, do you think I'm great? Can you tell me 50 times that I'm great? Is everything okay? Is everything okay? Can you tell oh, me yeah. everything's okay? I'm very worried. I want to make sure everything is okay. And um, a good person to be with for someone with that style is someone who has a secure attachment style who will be reassuring and not pull away and, you know, and, and you know, make you feel good and everything. And um, Dan does not have a secure attachment style he's like uh like dismissive avoidant probably you know um like okay gotta go bye i'm gonna go do my own thing and be independent and uh and commitment no i'm i'm married so like but it's weird because he it seems like he has a secure attachment style with his wife Mm -hmm. um but he's like dismissive avoidant or whatever with his um with his lover and so that sucks so for Alex, that's hard because she's just looking for connection yeah. and reassurance, and she's not going to get it with no. him. I and mean, he throws her love kernels. Love kernels. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, he is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was in a relationship, not like, I mean, it wasn't like as dramatic as this. But I was in a relationship where somebody like love bombed me a whole bunch at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then 
they treated me like I was making things up when I would like bring up the things that they had said to me. Like, I don't feel that way. And I was like, I mean, you said it, but like, okay, you know, and then that made me get more anxious, you know, and, and then this person would like pull back and then, but then come back in just enough to kind of keep me going and then pull back and come back in. And it was really not fun. Uh, for me. And this kind of reminds me of that as well, where it's like, you know, oh, well, like when you're, when you're like together, like physically, you know, it's one way, but then when you're like eating paschetti with too much Parmesan, then Mm -hmm. you say, oh, well, I'm not going to leave my wife or anything. So yeah. Anyway, no, spaghetti's good. I've been the Alex in situations. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's, I don't know. It's, I feel like, you know, it's obviously the movie wants us to not like her, right? Yeah. But I don't feel that way. I don't. <laughs> I feel and, really bad and, for her. And I think Glenn Close uh, wanted people to like her as well. Yeah. Because so she, she plays her very likable. Yeah. Until, like, the direction and the story, like, kind of forced her to go in the other direction. Yeah, agreed. Um, so it's... Yeah, it's very, it's very sad. Um, But he Mm -hmm. stays with her out of whatever obligation, liability, who knows. Um, But he stays there. But then the thing that is effed up as well is while he's there, he's on the phone with his wife, not thinking about if she could hear. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Why wouldn't she? That's a very open concept apartment. Yeah, like she could definitely hear. So she she hears him, but she pretends to sleep um, and like pretends to not be bothered. Obviously, she's very bothered by this. Um, he gets ready to leave. He asks her to go see a doctor. And she's like, all right. Um, and he feeds the dog spaghetti as he leaves for work. You neglect the shit out of your dog. And like, that's how I know you, you suck. And yeah, and also you can't give a I don't know, I haven't had a dog in a while, but the, probably a huge plate of spaghetti and meat sauce is not a great thing to give your dog. There's so much sugar in those. Your dog's gonna poo everywhere. Enjoy yeah. it. Enjoy it. Um <laughs> Yeah, well and if it depending on like the type of meat anyway. Yeah, it's a bad idea. Um but I will say one of my favorite things in the movie is Dan's dynamic with his daughter, Ellen is uh-huh. very cute. Yes. Like they have a really good relationship and I will at least acknowledge that. Is yes. Like they have cute banter back and forth and Ellen is just like a very cute kid. So mm-hmm. it's, it, yeah, I loved all those moments and scenes. And People can be terrible at adult relationships, but really good parents. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, so we see that in this movie for sure, because he's very sweet to her. He's, he treats her very well. Um, they're looking at a house with potential by the grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it sounds like they're going to, like, move out to the country, kind of. Yeah. Um. And around the same time, not long after that, Alex invites him to something and she's wearing a huge leather jacket and she's like, no strings attached, but like, 
bro, it's a trap. Don't do it. Yes. <laughs> there are strings. All she, she's just got strings. Just she, consider her spider woman. There's just, just call her Geppetto. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, strings are attached. Just call her the opposite of insane. And (laughs) so, oh, so like he's, she's like, and she like invited him over, but he had a thing. He had like a, like double date night. Yeah. And so he's gone and she's just sitting alone in her apartment, turning the light on and off. Been there. And then he's just, he's just out bowling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like this is sad and not good. Yeah. And um, he gets back to work, you know, after the weekend, apparently Alex has called a bunch and he has not answered and he's trying to get her not to call him. So he's like, you know what the best way is to treat someone who is clearly having issues with us not being together is just to ignore and ghost her completely. That seems healthy and good. So that's what I'm going to do. Uh. Ugh. And he's, he's watching his wife put on makeup for this event and, um, then there's like more samurai. So, oh yeah, this was like a double date, right? Over at his friend's house. Yes. Um, and the women have quite the outfits and Alex calls like in the middle of this dinner, right? Yes. And demands attention. And he's like, uh, it's over and you need a shrink. And she's like, I love you. And he's like, you don't know me. And that's true. Yes, that is true. <laughs> and he said, like, listen, I spent more time with you because I was worried about you. You know, not because I like had feelings for you. And then she tells him that she's preggers. And she's ragu, and he was like, "Wait, you didn't use anything? Um, how would he not know? No, he's putting all the onus on her to take birth control, but he didn't want to wear a condom. Well, duh, it doesn't feel right, okay, <laughs> babe. I need it to feel right. Um, so." So he had asked her, like, you didn't use anything. And then she had told him, like, she had had a miscarriage before. Yeah. And and um, and then he started questioning whether the baby was his. Gross. And she's like, fuck you, dude. And then he suggested an abortion. And she's like, uh, I want to be a parent. And he aggressively suggested an abortion in my, just my yeah. perception of it. Yeah. And she's like, well, there's two of us and it's also my body and I want to be a parent and maybe you want to be a part of it. And he's like, uh, no. And so that's the end of that conversation. And he ends up breaking into Alex's place. Yeah, but totally normal. She's the loon. Okay, whatever. And he is (laughs) to he is the first person to take partake in criminal behavior in this movie. That's a really good point. Yeah. I mean, she where you know, the thing we got to be worried about with Alex is her own safety for herself at the beginning, right? She's self-injuring 
Um, mm-hmm. She's obviously in a place where she doesn't feel even keeled. And that's really where she should be getting some attention. And he's too much of the worst to help uh, in any real way. He's just helping in ways that help soothe his guilt and not mm-hmm. in ways that actually help her. So yes. he sucks. Um, he called the doctor and the doctor was like, congratulations. <laughs> you're having a baby. And he was like, Oh, okay. Um, cause he thought maybe she was lying. Right. Yeah. And then he started looking up. Um, he started like looking at a bunch of her files and stuff. And he finds info on Stanley forest. Who's her dad. Yes. And he died of a heart attack in 1959. So that was true, but probably to like cut the tension. She said she was kidding. Because he seemed to like back off when she said it and she wanted him to like make him comfortable again. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's um, a thing we know now that she told the truth the first time. I think that's important because she has a history in this movie of telling the truth about pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, she gets billed as like this unstable person, but it's like, but she is actually telling the truth (laughs) about things. So like reality she is with it she's in reality you know mm-hmm. um i also don't think she would have gone so hard had she not gotten pregnant correct i agree um yeah that well and that's yeah that's just like a whole other layer of things for her to think about and worry about and then she's like alone in that and has no support from somebody who cares about her enough to put his stuff inside of her but then you know not enough to like actually do anything else so cool that's cool i'm not excusing any of her like beyond this point any of her actions beyond this point of this discussion of what happens in the movie i'm not excusing any of that i'm just saying right like she probably would have licked her wounds for a while and gathered herself. But I think um, the pregnancy really tipped the scales for her. Yeah. And his for reaction sure. to it. Yeah. And just, he is a callous a-hole. So yeah. that doesn't help. Yeah. I, nothing beyond this point is anything anyone should do in, in reaction to someone being the worst, but it, it happened and we're talking about it now. Yeah. Um, so Dan is confiding in his BFF, Jimmy, AKA character actor, Stuart, whatever his name is. And <laughs> he's like, I don't want to lose my family. Well, you should have thought about that before you stuck your dick in someone. Anyway. So <laughs> Alex is on her bed with classic munchies and she's like repeatedly calling you know, and trying to get a new number for, cause he changed his number. Right. Yeah. Um, and she's trying to get a new number and she ends up like yelling at the operator. Um, like presumably she would need his family medical history. So she would know what to tell her like OBGYN for like the baby. I'm not excusing her. I'm just saying like, I mean, she called a lot (laughs) and then she yelled at an operator and it's not the operator's fault. I'm sorry, operator. No. Uh, But yeah, so let's see. So Dan's distracted by all of this. Um, Wait, so like, wait, hold on one second. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's at his house 
and Alex is there and she's there under the guise of she's a, she's interested in renting their place or whatever. And, um, <laughs> why did I write this note? I said in that big building, one button just for her, for the intercom. Hey, um, <laughs> so he comes over. Oh yeah. Cause he comes over to her afterwards. He comes over to her apartment to interrogate her. Right. Yeah. And, and there's only one button. <laughs> and he's like, very rough with her. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he gets, he gets really mad at her. Um, but yeah, like it isn't, she isn't wrong in anything that she says back to him. You know, she's like, Hey, this is also your responsibility. You know, it's true. And, but she ends up getting the new number somehow. Uh, and oh yeah, his wife gave it to her. Yeah, yeah. And um he said if she tells if she tells his wife, he'll kill her. He'll kill her. So that's the first time he threatens her really. So this like, is hard. the second criminal act that he's yeah. done before she's done any criminal acts. Yeah, that's important to note. Um and then so basically he's like, I gotta get my family the fuck out of here. We're leaving. And so they like run out of the city. And, um, and the phone rings, but it's like Martha. And then. Who was Martha again? When he's like, oh, Martha. I'm like, oof, just Martha. Wait. Who is Martha? Wait, wasn't that his wife? Wait, hold on. No, Beth is his wife. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, a damn secretary. Oh, okay. The secretary. Yeah. Lois Smith. Lois Smith played Martha. Yeah, so Martha calls and he's like, "Oh, okay, no big deals." And then, um, and then when his wife is painting later, the phone rings again, but it's Dan, and he's like, "Hey, I bought a bunny." And uh, <laughs> um, and then I have like very sparse notes here, so if I miss something, just like please fill in because I think I was like uh, walking around while I was doing this. Yeah. Um, he was so when Dan left work, he headed out to his car and Alex had totally fucked it up. Yeah. So he had to go get like a rental car. Yeah. She poured acid into the. Yeah. And you know what? That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I will give her that criminal act. Like, you know what? He. he yeah. You get one. You get to have one. One freebie. Um, yeah. <laughs> see, it's funny because, like, my my boyfriend and I talk about, you know, the things the things we did or didn't do in reaction to, like, we were both respectfully cheated on. Um, uh, and it wasn't respectful. I'm saying we each were <laughs> cheated on. Uh, nothing respectful about that, bitch. And... Uh, I was like, well, how, you know, like the way the two of us handled it was very different. Um, although we were both very diplomatic in what we did, I waited until I had things in writing for the courts <laughs> to, oh. you know, to do the things that I needed to do, like keep my dog, you know. Um, yeah. But I had told him because he, he had my, my boyfriend kept his house. I said, like, his ex like took forever. Like she still hasn't like, forwarded her mail oh 
that what and I said I said well if I was you I would have all the stuff that she owned would have been out on the lawn the next day it's on the oh, lawn yeah. and maybe some of it uh came from the second floor to the lawn don't know don't know but go pick it up I've changed all the locks you can't come in um that's what I would have done yeah <laughs> and so it's like um yeah I feel like a little destruction of property <laughs> For someone wronging you, I'm not saying that that's as a okay, treat, but, I, but I'm saying it's understandable. Um, I'm not saying I did anything like that because I didn't actually. Um, I just took what was mine, but um, and got out. But I would have if I had kept the house, I would have been like, all your stuff's on the lawn. Um, so oh, and then Alex had recorded herself mm-hmm. threatening. Dan it wasn't like it was like you better learn how to deal with this reality it wasn't like I'm gonna kill you but it was like you know um but here's here's where I start to turn on Alex because she started I had a stalker when I was here like a real legit one I had to get a restraining order and then I had to defend the restraining order uh because they appealed it it was pretty scary stuff and she did what my stalker did and that was just do anything to get like a rise and a response out of me because Uh any attention is good attention. Right. So this person went from telling me that I was like amazing and they were in love with me and stuff. And I was like, bruh, I like, don't even really know you, you know, to like, you're a, you use drugs and like just stuff that like wasn't true. Like I'm like, everybody who knows me knows I'm like the squariest square squared, you know? And it was like, you're a drug user and, and a whore, you know? And I was like, okay, so this person's obviously just trying to get me to respond to something. Right. And like the flowery positive words didn't work. And then like the, I'm so sad words didn't work. So then so then it was like attacking, like you are horrible. You know, the word. and I was, and I was like, well, I'm just reporting all of these to public safety. So <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Um, so I have sent it, some yeah. mean messages to people in my time. Yeah. Nothing same. like, huh? I said, yes, same. <laughs> um, in response to like a disappointment or like if I've, Anyways, I, I'm working beyond it and I'm not excusing myself. But anyways, it was nothing like this tape. This was foul. And she used slurs. Oh, I think I missed that. One. Yeah, she was like, I she like accused him of like not liking women. And then she dropped. Oh, the- yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I forgot about that. But I didn't write that, that sounds- down. Sorry. Yeah. At first, I thought it was just about the pregnancy. I forgot about all that other stuff. But yeah, any attention is good attention. So she's just like trying to poke at his insecurities, right? Mm-hmm. Or the things that might upset or get a rise out of him. I revised my statement. Um, she spies on him after this as well. And she pukes in the book bushes. Yeah. Um, further evidence that she's pregnant. And, um, you know, he's like he he's like uh i need help with this person um actually well i'm like asking for a friend uh <laughs> and the police are like we can't help you unless you catch her in the act of like doing something you mm-hmm. know like uh violating or whatever um 
which is why it's like really hard to um, do stuff like protect people from stalkers. But anyway, um, so then it's just like a normal scene with with the family and the kid and then the wife comes home and she sees that the pot is boil. There's like a pot boiling on the stove and she's like WTF. And we see someone running and it's Ellen. And she's like, like, Oh my God, my bunny is missing. And it is being boiled. Yeah. And yeah. And then (sighs) Beth takes over. It's like, like Alex calls again and Dan's well so this is yeah. this is the point that Dan fesses up. Yes, he does. Yeah. So that's important I think. He's just like, "Hey, uh now that a bunny has died, uh forget about the human being I wronged, but now that a bunny has died, I'm going to tell you <laughs> what I did." It just it and, blew my yeah. mind that things had to get that bad for him to like show yes. an ounce of honesty. Yes, that's, that's very bad to me. So, so that, so that happened and she's like, get out of the house. And, um, and doesn't she like beat him up? She smacks at him a bit. Yeah. 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 Uh, mm, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, relatable. And, uh, <laughs> So he's like, so now he thinks, okay, I'm in a good place now. Like she can't hurt me. Right. So he tells Alex, like, listen, I told Beth all about it. So there. And Beth is like, ma'am, I will, I will kill you as well. So now they're, uh, buddied up on their death threats to Alex. To be fair, to be in Beth's defense, that death threat only came because she's felt that the life of her family was threatened. Yes. No, that's, that's much better than that's much better than Dan being like, Oh, I got you pregnant because I don't like tandems. And, uh, (laughs) you know, yeah. And so, yeah. So he sucks. Uh, (laughs) and let's see. And, uh, okay. So, Dan's at the apartment after this and the kid calls and is like, love you. And, um, and Beth is coming to pick up Ellen at like around the same time. And, and then, uh, she gets to the school and then finds out that someone picked her up already. Yes. This tells me that this was the eighties because this does yeah. not happen in modern no schools. You have designated adults. You check in at the front. You don't just give the kid up to a rando. Like we would get the shit suit out of us for doing this. Yeah. yeah no kidding. Well, yeah, it's like we even had like when I worked at Chuck E. Cheese, we had kid check where you had to have like matching stamps to have the kids leave with, yeah. the, with the adults. Um, I'm going to be really honest though. Those stamps were really hard to read. Okay. <laughs> so they weren't that safe. All right. Anyway, enjoy your nightmares. So, so, so Beth is running around trying to find Alan, Alan and Alex takes Ellen to the carnival, yes. uh, which is one of the <laughs> crazy ex-girlfriend ties. Um, and while Beth is like rushing around trying to find Ellen, she almost hit some people and then she gets into an accident and like they're going back and forth between what she's doing and what Alex is doing. 
And yeah. Beth gets into an accident at the end of a scene with Alex and Ellen on a roller coaster. And it's, it's, a, it's like a nice little, um, you know, panning back and forth. Uh, yeah. daily. Um, but so that's fucked up. Don't steal a kid. Don't steal a no. kid. What are Do you doing? Not. Do not steal a kid. Um, and at the beginning of the movie, you know, we get to see lucky us, uh, Dan and Alex having sex in a kitchen. And now he's about to trope <laughs> Alex in a kitchen. Yes. And, um, there's, there's, you know, he comes out or she tries to come after him with a knife. Um, and if she didn't scream when she was like attacking him, then he probably would have gotten killed right then and there. <laughs> but because she screamed, he turned around. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Killer 101. <laughs> and uh, he ends up like putting down the knife. Yeah. And um, and then he's like, ugh, kidnapping, you know. <laughs> and they're going to bring her in for questioning, you know, with the kidnapping and stuff. And, um, and Ellen is, Ellen is in a weird place. Cause she's probably like, what the hell just happened today? <laughs> this nice lady <laughs> took me for a, for an amusement park ride. And now this, um, and she's cuddling a bunny, like a stuffed bunny. And Dan comforts her and Beth is all beat up as well. Mm. And she's taking a bath and, um, and then there's the kettle on and then, and then wait, I feel like I'm missing something. So, so there was that. And then what was that? all the same night. I like haven't yes. watched this movie in a couple of yeah, months. He okay. goes to the police and the police are looking for her. So he goes home and everyone's like getting ready to decompress. Right. And then, and then Alex comes back into the house somehow. Okay, that's why I'm confused. And she asked Beth why she's in her own home. Uh, her house. And um, and then she's yelling at Beth. And then she, like, is cutting herself at the same time. Yes. And the dog is, like, worried, <laughs> as are we. And then mm -hmm. she calls Beth a stupid, selfish bitch. And the screaming is obscured by T and Beth is trying to, de to defend herself. Um, but Dan can't hear the screams over the T until he, until the kettle, like, you know, he turns the heat down on the kettle and then he hears it. And he comes into the bathroom as there's like all this hacking and slashing and choking and drowning. Um, and Beth manages to, like get right it's beth who is drowning alex yes yeah and she appears to be dead under the water but we do see little bubbles mm -hmm. and then she gasps and gets out and then beth fires a gun right into her chest ending it ending it yes yeah. so was not that was not the original ending okay but i got the sequence of events Okay. Yes, you did. But I'm um, okay. So going what, back to tell what us, I yeah, tell us about the alternate ending. So there was an alternate ending that um, 
more uh, mirrors um, Madame Butterfly or Miss Saigon, if you will, since Miss Saigon is like a modernization of Madame Butterfly, um, where the woman finds out that the man she loves has like an actual a wife, but she's pregnant, and it ends with um with Butterfly basically um commit uh killing herself with a seppuku knife. Oh. So in the original ending of Fatal Attraction, um, Alex did not go back to the house to face off with Beth. She um stayed she she killed herself but staged it in a way that would um have Dan be a suspect. And then oh. it like ultimately ends with Dan finding a way to clear him. Oh, he uh submits the tape she sent him. To clear his name. Wow. And um, it really ups- apparently really upset Glenn Close that they went with the ending they ultimately went with because she was trying so hard to make um, Alex a more sympathetic character rather than like some uh, cardboard cutout slasher. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I would have liked that way better. Yeah. I I mean, I think that that sounds like a more interesting a more interesting ending. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like Glenn Close was like very very careful in researching the role to make sure she was talking to psychologists to make sure like the things that she were doing was doing was more in line with um Alex's diagnosis in a way that would be more symp- like make the audience more sympathetic to Alex because she was an, a human being who was hurt. Right. Yeah, totally. I, yeah, I, I feel like she did a really good job being sympathetic for the, for the most part, you know, and, Oh, that would have been a better ending. That's too bad that they didn't go with that. I know. Um, and said so they're just like, Oh, that's, women am i right um, right who would have thought the director of the like really weird overly sexualized adaptation of lolita would you know disrespect adult women and want them to look like total monsters i don't know who who knew um who knew? so so yeah that's that's fatal attraction i'm i apologize if i got some of the details wrong i realized i watched this in february and it is a day from april and i was like what are all these new no it's no we we were initially shooting for like valentine's day so i was like i'll be ready and then i was like i don't have time to rewatch it i'll remember things and i'm like i should have rewatched it um but i promise uh the next movie first of all for some reason, I loved this movie. <laughs> uh-huh. I saw it a lot of times, so I'm, I'm pretty familiar with it. Um, but we're going to talk about Swim Fan. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, like, very excited about um, Parenthood, uh, watching Parenthood because of Swim Fan, because Erica Christensen is in both of them. <laughs> Yeah. And I thought she was like great in Swim Fan. So I was like, ooh, I want to watch more Eric Christensen. Is and I suppose I'll find out myself. Wait, you I haven't, haven't seen, seen Swim, Swim Fan, Fan either. Yeah, this oh is a first. God. You ordinarily with the show, um, we pick a theme 
Sammy picks a movie within the theme and I pick a movie within the theme. Yeah. And it just didn't work out this way, but that way this time, but I was like super, super excited to just go into these two movies with, with fresh (laughs) eyes. Um, Is Erica Christensen, is it, is she playing it very broad or is she also doing a nuanced portrayal of mental illness? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't give anyone in Swim Fan that much credit. Let's put it okay. that way. <laughs> I'm so excited. Swim Fan is like, um, like the reason I love Swim Fan so much is because it is real corny. Um, yeah, but it's, uh, it's like exactly what I needed in, you know, what was it? 2002. Like it was the 2002 movie that my soul needed. It was like when I could start going to see like, you know, it was PG 13, but it was like very edgy, sexy water things, you know? And, but like they, they made it so that teenagers could go see it, (laughs) you know? And so I was like, Ooh, I can't believe I'm seeing this in a theater. Like that was, that's my memory from swim fan is like, I went with my friends and we saw it at like a movie theater, you know, at the mall or whatever. So swim and, fan yeah. to you is like my cruel intentions. Cause um, yeah. Yeah. My dad took me to the movies and he went and saw the matrix and I saw cruel intentions. I, so cruel intentions. I didn't watch until try to remember like it was either later on in high school. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it was maybe like 2004 when yeah. I saw Cruel Intentions. So I didn't see it right when it came out. It took me like a few years to to see it. Because like when Cruel Intentions came out, I was like 11. <laughs> yeah. I feel so like. A little too young for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The great thing about my dad, rest in peace, um, was he had no absolutely no idea about what was appropriate for uh children to watch so like i think that was not my first movie i watched by myself um i think the first time i got to like watch a movie by myself was he went and saw a different movie and then he let me go and sit in the theater by myself and watch dumb and dumber well dumb and dumber that's a good one i mean i know but just to give an idea of like how hands off and like how much he trusted my judgment at like an incredibly yeah. young age. Yeah, that that's a good one. Um, so like the this is sad. You know, makes, what bums me out is like my parents were pretty they they tamped down on that stuff uh pretty pretty hard, but they uh had allowances for old movies. If it was an older movie like Animal House or The Jerk, I watched The Jerk when I was six. Same with Animal House, no yeah. issue. They wanted me to see those movies. They were important. And that's why I am the way I am today. So it's fine. (laughs) It all turned out just fine. But it's funny because they're like, well, those are classics and you need to get cultured and you need to watch these movies. And I agree with those picks. I feel totally fine about them. Um, But like when it was a newer movie, they were like, well, I don't know about that. You know, like they had to give me the talk when uh, Titanic came out. And uh, that was awful. <laughs> I hated every minute of that. And uh, and then I was one of those kids um, who got a permission slip 
to go see the passion of the Christ. Uh, Mm. I did that. That happened Mm. to me. (laughs) Yeah. What a terrible movie. Well, why they were like, this is important. Go watch torture porn. And I'm like, my, my dad just, he let me watch whatever I wanted. And it's so funny because, um, he at the time when he had custody of me on the weekend, it was easier instead of driving all the way back up to his house in like Merrill or something. Uh, we would stay at um, his parents, my grandparents' farm, and so like my grandparents were around, and like my uncles who always lived close were like in and out of there, and um, so my dad would regularly get like lectured by my grandpa or my uncles about the movies he let me rent for the weekends. Oh, really? This is like, um, my grandpa lost his shit at my dad for when I was in like seventh grade and he picked me up for the weekend. So I rented the exorcist (laughs) and then, um, my other uncle, and this was like when it was like a spanky new, new release. Um, I was like one of the only kids in Clintonville, I think, who watched Election. Oh, <laughs> and that's my such uncle a great took, movie, though. I know, oh. but my uncle like took, like walked in on the wrong time, and then took oh, my dad yeah. to task for letting me rent it. Oh, but yeah, I don't know. There's, I would make an allowance for like cruel intentions. I'm like, well, that's a little too far. But like Election, ah, oh, Election was so good. That movie is like so important. I feel like to to my to another like formation of my personality yeah. comes and from it took me until I was collection. an yeah it took me until I was an adult to watch the whole thing because my uncle made me turn it off that sucks that would be so good anyway I know uh and it, it was yeah. so funny because like I wanted to talk back I wanted to be like you're overstepping my dad said it's fine <laughs> yeah I would have probably done that um yeah. My parents let me do certain things that other people's parents didn't let them do. And I got in trouble for it from other parents, which I always thought was weird. Like, I'm like, you're not my parent. Um, Like, I was allowed to say, oh, my God. And I got in trouble for that. Mm. I think (laughs) it's because. I was allowed to say crap. (laughs) And I got in trouble for that. (sighs) I, I think it's because, like, my dad was the only one in that immediate side of the family that was divorced. And so, like. Every, I think everyone was like really paternalistic to him because they're like, oh, he only sees them like on the weekends. He doesn't know how to be a real dad. So we feel comfortable stepping in like this. Telling him what to do. It was That's- much better once. Well, I loved being on my grandparents' farm, but it was like much better once um, I just started spending like summer weeks or weekends up at his apartment because then there wasn't anyone coming in and be like, Curly, you can't let her watch that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, swim fan. I don't think my parents knew I saw it, but they also were like, well, if it's PG-13 and you're over 13, you can go see whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like it, that was kind of like, they were, they were reasonable in that way. Like that's where our rules end, you know? And so like, you know, I, one of my favorite movies that I saw in the theater around that same time, God, what year was that? Was Sahara. I, I think about Sahara oh. a lot and I'm like, was that movie really good? Or was I just in a weird headspace? Oh, 2005. Um, right. Steve Zahn, Steve Zahn, dude, that movie, did you, did you ever see Sahara? No. It was kind of like, uh, the vibe is very similar to like National Treasure. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, 
probably terrible. <laughs> I haven't like, like full disclosure. I haven't watched it since 2005, but I remember being like, that movie is great. Um, but there's certain like PG 13 movies that I watched like in high school that I think about a lot. So here's one of them. And, and, uh, Oh, and it was based on a book by Clive Cussler, that motherfucker. I put so many of his books on the shelves. Can't even tell you what in my time at the bookstore. Clive Cussler. Wow. That's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, that and Swim Fan for some reason and like Mean Girls, which is, you know, the one that, you know, yeah. holds up a little better, uh, <laughs> is, is the cult classic. But I, uh, yeah, I think about those movies a lot. And like, there's one line in Swim Fan, and I'm not going to say it because I want you to experience it. But there's one line in Swim Fan in particular that I think about a lot. And so I'm excited to rewatch it because I I rewatched it not too long ago, maybe, I don't know, four or five years ago or something. But it's, yeah, it's been a, been a minute. So <gasps> it'll be fun. And then we'll, do, would you like next episode, I figure is when we can kind of tie it all into Crazy Ex-Girlfriend yes. as well. Okay, perfect. Well, until then, everybody, take care of yourselves and others. We are, depending on when you're listening to it, we're like getting close to the finish line here. Let's all be safe and mask up, wash our hands, stay home, get that shot if you can, and and hydrate or dehydrate. Yes. (laughs) All right. (laughs)